what really gets my dick hard is Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And here we are at episode 36, and we got another top 10 for you. We're going to be doing our top 10 solos, and this is the earliest we've ever recorded this show. It's very true. It's a little earlier for Clint because he's on Central Time, but I'm, uh, I'm in Pittsburgh, and so I've got, I've got a little, I've got an hour ahead here. I think we both kind of have that sort of uh, morning voice, like radio voice. Uh, I prefer to call it sexy voice. <laughs> this is Vocal Hour with Ethan and Clint. Hey, I hope you guys are doing well this morning. I hope you slept good. We literally just woke up. Yeah, and I've been a little under the weather, so my voice is extra sexy. Well, sorry to hear that. So, we're going to do our top tens. Uh, I actually have maybe a few surprises in mind. Some, some. Uh, I think so, too. Me, too. I've, I've got some classics, but i got a, little, a few surprises. So, we're going to do our top tens. It's going to be really fun, and we're going to play clips of the solos. And then we're going to invite you to send your top tens as well. We'll read some of them on the show. Before we get into that, we're going to quickly blow through our, our stuff at first. Our t-shirts actually are coming to HQ2 today. I'm very Ooh, excited. Ooh, exciting. So we've got about 10 people that have already bought t-shirts. If you don't know about the t-shirts, we had some made up. Thank you to the generous donations of our patrons. It's a, it's a very, very comfortable black shirt with our logo on it. And uh, we only made about 40 of them. 10 of them are already spoken for. So if you want one of those shirts, you can see them on our Instagram page, Metal Up Your Podcast uh, on Instagram. Yeah. If you want one, just send us an email with your name and your size, and I'll tell you how to pay for them then. We kind of just do it through PayPal. But they're only 20 bucks, and that includes shipping. I'll throw in a few stickers. And uh, don't miss your opportunity to be walking around in a shirt of a podcast no one's heard of. Yeah, exactly. And on you know, speaking of shirts... Uh, currently, we're only doing small, medium, large, and extra large. In the future, I think we'll do larger sizes. We've had a few requests for that, but um, this first batch doesn't have anything larger than an XL, so we apologize, but we will do that in the future. And our friend Nick Makoviak did reach out after last week's episode, this dude who does uh, he does really cool, like, Pusshead-inspired artwork. He's yeah. Gonna, we're going to be working with Nick to uh, t- to come up with some cool... I think every time we do a run in shirts, we're going to do something maybe a little different. So Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It'll be fun. So that's the deal with the t-shirts. And speaking of our patrons, we have three new patrons this week. Nicole Williams, our friend Brad Blazik, and the aforementioned Nick McCoviak. So thank you guys for getting on that train. Thank you very much, you guys. Yeah, and, and that, like Clint said, that goes to, you know, it's going to our t-shirts currently. It's gone, you know, patches, stickers, maintaining, you know, the hosting of this whole thing. And it just it helps us keep going. So if you guys want to uh, donate financially, just go to patreon.com slash podcast. One of the cool things you get with the Patreon, in addition to shout-outs on the show, priority on the emails, priority on the call-ins when we start doing them, is uh, you get access to an EP that Ethan and I are making of Metallica cover songs. If you heard our episode last week, you heard a little snippet of my version of Low Man's Lyric, Ethan's version of The Unforgiven 3. There's even a tier on our Patreons where if, if you submit and donate enough money or whatever, you even get to decide what songs we cover on these EPs. Yeah, exactly. And these are all uh, Patreon-exclusive songs, so like no one else is going to hear them. So it's a little incentive for you. 
Even if James Hetfield came to me and said, man, I'd love to hear your take on Low Men's lyric, I would still say to James, well, I really want you to hear it, James, but you got to be a patron of the show to check that out. That's right. My response would be much shorter. I would just say patreon.com slash podcast, <laughs> comma, James. Yeah. You would just send them a, a hyperlink. That would be it. Yeah. I Talk would. to me when you're a patron, James. All right. Uh, the other thing we do is we do emails. We get about, I don't know, 7,000 emails a week. We try to just read a few. We'll blow through them quick. Uh, you want to lead off the emails? Yeah, I would love to, Clint. I should do an extra sexy voice. Hey, fellas. Love the... (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry. I'm feeling goofy this morning. Um, All right. First email is from Tyler Ashton. He says, hey, fellas. Love the Quebec Magnetic episode because I love that concert. So good. Definitely exciting to see Straw and Damage on there as they don't see uh, uh, see set lists too often. Hopefully on the Euro Tour this this fall we'll see some rarities. By the way, my apocalypse intro was a piece James created on the 09 Europe Tour. Uh, and he ends by saying, please do the Hardwired to Self-Destruct uh, revised episode soon. Well, uh, thank you, Tyler, for the email. And I will love that you pointed out the creation that James made, which is the My Apocalypse intro. I kind of blanked. I forgot. I knew that it had something. It was an official, like, metallic, you know, composed thing. I just couldn't remember uh, where it came from. But then, you know, another I think another person he wrote in and said that it was available for download on their website after they started in- inserting it in the shows. Yep, so you can go to Metallica.com and find that. And we will be doing our, uh, if you've listened to our Hardwired episode, we the record was so fresh, we we hadn't really quite developed all of our thoughts about it. And uh, I, I would be prepared now to do a more in-depth Hardwired episode. Uh, yeah, I would too. I, I've, I listen to that record a, a ton while traveling, and and it, to me it just keeps getting better and better. Yep, me too. I, I even have come around a little bit to some of the guitar solos. Me too. I, yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. Where I know that when we did the episode, it was kind of like that was the weak point of the record for us. Right. Although I will say, spoiler alert, <coughs> none, of, none of the hardwired solos made my list. Same here. All right, Tyler, thanks for the email. Uh, Zach Carpenter writes, Hello, Clinton, Ethan, and Mustaine Voice. I'm going to just let you guys imagine that i'm not gonna say it too early from a stain voice (laughs) yeah 8 a.m is too early he says my name is zach carpenter i met you guys in detroit oh cool uh i've talked to clint on the boards as well i was wondering since you guys said email what do i need to do to get one of the podcast t-shirts hopefully this gets to you once again and don't stop doing what you're doing well as we just mentioned the way to get the t-shirts is to send us an email our email address is metal up your podcast show at gmail.com and we'll make sure you get one of those yeah man reach out and we won't. And we won't uh, stop what we're doing. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't stop podcasting. <laughs> Hold God, on we're... to that microphone. <laughs> Let's just do the whole episode in journey lyrics. Uh, journey lyrics. Podcast in the sky keeps on rolling. <laughs> keeps on rolling. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. And our next email comes from our good friend uh, over there in Paris, Tennessee, Brad Blazik. Brad Blazik. Brad. Um, dudes, I'm still on the Melby podcast ride every Monday. I love the Justice episode. My favorite album of theirs by a million. I tried, but there's just no way I could rank, rank each song. I love them all. I will say this. Fred Ends is my favorite song. Dire's Eve and To Live Is To Die would be up there. Uh, but after that, uh, I couldn't say I'd like one song better than another. 
as a drummer, I love the song Justice for All. It's really fun to play that one. You guys mentioned that the video from Guitar Hero where Lars was trying to play as short as straw was and was struggling. It kind of blew my mind when I saw him messing uh, messing up and asking them to play the intro clip a few times. Uh, it is weird to see him doing that, but at the same time, I mean, they hadn't played that song in a while at that point. Yeah. And I it's mean, a fucked up intro, too. Yeah, and he's a human being. You know, there's a, a lot of years in between the making of that record and trying to figure it out for Guitar Hero. And let's be honest, he was wearing one of those weird bubble suits that they use for uh, insert you in video games. I've well, never, that's no excuse. That's I've never, no excuse. I, well, I've never played in one, so I, I can't tell you how hard it is. Okay. Um, Brad goes on to say, it blew my mind because it reminded me of being a brand, being brand new to drums and doing the exact same thing in my basement after school, trying to learn those songs, just rewinding the tape and trying to figure it out. Uh, goes on to say, the Rob episode was interesting because I never really I put too much thought into the guy, so it was cool hearing all the different facts about him. I'll probably uh, I'm probably not alone wishing Jason Neller with the band, but if he had to go, I think Rob is a great fit. Obviously, we agree. Yep. Uh, and he ends the email by saying, "So I'm listening listening in the sh- listening in the shower this morning. All right. Um, this is where my hey, sexy hey. Vo- sexy voice comes hey, in. So, shower, so huh? I'm listening in the shower this morning, trying to shave. And <laughs> v- vegan Ethan shows up <laughs> shows up. So I'm laughing, um, trying not to cut myself. I finally cl- uh, get calmed down and continue shaving. And then you start playing. I want to be a Hulkamaniac, and I fucking lost it. Insert Hulkamaniac <laughs> right here. Uh, he said I had to stop shaving and just stand there laughing for like two minutes in the shower. Keep up the great work, guys. Hope to meet up again sometime soon. Well, thank you, Brad, as always. Thanks, Brad. Glad we, glad we could accompany your shaving time. Me too. Because I'm imagining now, Brad, he's nude in the shower, shaving, listening to the show. Is it weird to think that there's someone standing in the shower naked to the sound of our voices? No, it feels very natural to me. It feels very it, good. It feels so right. Male, female, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Brad. Wow. Andrew, Andrew Lusk writes, Guys, first and foremost, thank you so much for the podcast. Torben is, quote-unquote, totally the best. I've been a diehard Metallica fan for a lot of years now. I was a bit apprehensive about Hardwired and hadn't listened to much of the album until I heard your guys' and many others' opinions on it. I'm a big, Metallica, I'm a big fan of Metallica's earlier music, so naturally, I skipped straight to spit out the bone, and holy crap, was I excited. I ended up going back to Hardwired and listened to the entire album. <clears throat> I was so excited about how good this was that I sent this to my mom. And then he he posted a screenshot of a text he sent to his mom. Apparently, his mom is a, quote-unquote, very stubborn, old-school, pre-Black Album Metallica fan. Okay, okay. And the, he, so he texts his mom, which I can't imagine having this kind of relationship with my mom about Metallica. I think it's really cool. Yeah. He writes, he texts to his mom a link to spit out the bone video and he wrote, Holy shit, mom, this song could have been on master of puppets. Please just have an open mind and listen to this song. Spit out the bone off of Metallica's new album. So good. James's old metal voice is back. Loving this album. So good. Very That's cool. amazing. I love that. I love that he, he had, he had to say, please have an open mind. Like she's been that shut off from anything Metallica since right. justice for all. Right, and you know, on our Metal Up Your Podcast journeys, we've met a few fans that would probably fall into that category. Yeah, totally. Uh, Andrew ends his email by saying, oh, and P.S., Ethan, Outlaw Torn might have been on S&M. Definitely a possibility. Okay, we're going to have to look into that one. We'll have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's been a while since that came up, so. <laughs> All right, thank you for that email. Our next email is from our friend Heath Teddy Robinson. We like to call him uh, by his full name. Yeah. Hey, guys, really enjoy the Robert and Quebec shows. 
Uh, would you guys give a shout out to my son Corbin um, on one of your podcasts? He saved up his money from babysitting this summer to buy a drum kit. That's fucking awesome. Uh, he does good in school, uh, is starting uh, left tackle on our middle school football team, and is a killer artist. He's also a monster Metallica fan. I turned him on uh, to them when he was five years old. He's turning 14 in a couple weeks and has informed his mother and I that he wants a Master Puppets cake for his birthday. That's Very incredible. Cool. I want a Master Puppet cake for my 39th birthday this year. I know, no shit. Um, I know I'm gushing a little, but I can't help it. I'm very uh, blessed and a, prou- a proud papa. I think I'm going to get a, a proud parent of Metallica fan bumper sticker. I think you totally should. Uh, he says, uh, y'all tell Papa on and um, I said, hey. Well, Heath Teddy Robinson, uh, first of all, A-plus award as a father. Yep. Because you got a kid who's playing music, playing sports, doing all sorts of things. That's really cool. And pretty rad that he saved up his own money to buy his own drum kit. Yeah, I would, I would say to Corbin, hey man, sounds like you got a really cool dad. And uh, congrats on all your accomplishments and on getting that drum kit. Yeah. My, advice, my advice to you would be to listen to lots of different kinds of music, including Metallica, and practice your little butt off. And totally. Most importantly, be cool, homie. Yeah, man. And Be a Corbin, cool dude. And, I, and in the, on, the, on the line of uh, practicing, I would say it's going to get so frustrating and you're going to get stuck so many times, man. But just stick it out. And, you know, a few years down the line, you're going to look back and be like, man, I can't believe I couldn't do that a couple years ago. Yeah. That's just like I still do right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Thanks, Teddy Heath. Heath Teddy Robinson. Heath Teddy. Papa says hello now. I said, hey, thank you for the email. All right, <laughs> Richard Tatley writes, Hey, dudes, I got into your show purely from the Jason episode alone. I liked what you guys had to say, and currently I'm halfway through the back catalog. I've been a Talica fan since only 2000. The first thing I heard was I Disappear and thought they were pretty awesome. I then heard Inner Sandman and was hooked. Uh, so he kind of cool. he wor- he worked backwards. I like that. Yeah, yeah. He says, One last thing, an idea for a show. James's voice can't go much longer, and Lars has done a drum... And Lars has done a drum roll, and his arm has nearly fallen off. As of right now, what would your set list be for their final show? 25 songs, including encores. I have a list, but it's taking me 35 minutes to write all this on my phone. Keep up the good work. He wrote a bit of a longer email, and he he got actually his wife introduced him to Metallica, and he got a tattoo of his wife's name in the St. Anger logo. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. cool. He sent it to us. Anyway, he says, uh, keep up the good work. This is Tats from Newark, the original one in the UK. And we all know where the UK is, and that's motherfucking New Jersey. It's in New Jersey. Exactly. Uh, We would have to do a whole episode on a potential last set list. I will say, did you see that they broadcast the Edmonton show, the last show of the North American Yeah, I thought that was rad. I I couldn't watch it because we had a show out here on the road, so it was happening at basically the same time, so I couldn't tune in and watch it. We have that. Well, I watch it on YouTube later. We have that new Roku where you can actually put headphones in the remote control. Oh, that's cool. So my poor wife was sleeping, and I was just rocking that shit. Um, oh, dude, that's awesome. Ja- man, James's voice was sounding a little rough. I, I, I hate to admit it, but I mean, there's dude, an in, there's there is an end game. I mean, there's an end game here. Of course, these dudes can't an, do it forever. Yeah, there's always an end game. But I mean, I mean, currently. We've we've seen two of these shows in this tour, and he sounded and it was great. great, and it was great. Yeah, right. I've seen clips from shows just before Edmonton that sounded great. I mean, it's the end of the run. It's the end of the North American tour. He's his his voice is tired. You know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I would want them to play every song they've ever written for their last show. That would be my vote. Every song. Yeah, all hundred and whatever eighty of them, plus all their covers. All right, all right. I'm down with that too. Thanks for the email, Richard. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Next email is from Dina Lindemann, our good friend of the show. Uh, well, I guess that's it for North America. I think I'm going to keep track uh, for Europe, too. I mean, why not? She keeps like a spreadsheet of all the songs they play, which, by the way, I will, so be sharing, I will be sharing on our Twitter and Instagram feeds. It's really cool to look at this uh, spreadsheet and see the songs laid out that way. So anyway, I just wanted to explain what she was yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, she's, she's putting some time into this. It's very cool. Uh, she said, by the way, I uh, want to hear something crazy sad. Uh, I don't know if I want to. Um, I got an email from Metallica.com this week saying that I need to change my password. So I logged in and did that. I realized that I'd never done anything with my profile, so I added a picture and a little blurb. After I did that, I noticed down at the bottom of my profile, Contest 1, Chicago 618 Snake Pit. Oh. I never got, oh, Dina. Oh, I never man. got any kind of notification, so I had no idea. I'm more than a little sad to have missed out on that. That wow. sucks. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that is a sad story. It's not a great way to start our day. And there's, there's really no way to like recover. There's no way to be like, well, okay. Like, it's like, that sucks. Yeah. That's just straight up sucks. I get <laughs> that it. Sucks. That's not like when you, when you miss UPS delivering something, they're going to come back and yeah, deliver it again. Yeah, I'll get it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll get like it Metallica's tomorrow. not going to come back to like Chicago for a while. And especially you may not win again, you know? <laughs> oh, God I'm damn. Not trying to, not trying to put the nail in the coffin, <laughs> Dina. I'm just saying. Well, let me let me counterbalance that. Which, by the way, Ethan's Ethan's right. But let me counterbalance <laughs> it by saying they are coming back for North American Arena tour. And Dina, maybe you and Darth Leviosa will be able to go to more than one show, and you'll have some more opportunities to to bid for that pass. Yeah, or maybe you could you could uh, you could take that email notification from the last one and be like, "Hey, uh, do you guys do like rollover snake pit contest winners?" Yeah, maybe the, my my guess is the chances of that are pretty low. I'm guessing pretty low too. Anyway, she ends the email by saying that Chicago show was still amazing, and nothing can take away from the awesome time I had seeing them for the second time on the tour, third time overall. Well, Dina, thank you so much for the email, and we're sorry about your sad story. I know I'm going to be bummed pretty much all day. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy sad. All right, and best of luck to you, Dina, in the future. Thanks for listening. Uh, our last email, Nate Sean, says, Hey guys, love the show. I'm only on episode 14, so you might have been made aware of this. All the songs of Metallica that appear in the Guitar Hero games, including almost the entire Justice album, have their master tracks online. I'm not at home to check and see if I still have them on my computer, but if I do, I can send them your way if you guys are interested. Uh, another listener has already done this for us and sent yes. them to us. I cannot Correct. remember their name, but um, thank you for thinking of us and thank you for the offer. And thank you for listening, and thank you for being you, and thank you for being such a nice guy, and thank you for listening to the, the first 14 episodes. We're just, just so thankful. Thank just thank you, Nate. Oh, Nate. And that concludes the Metal Up Your Podcast motherfucking email portion. We yep. did it under 20 minutes. Look at that, man. We're breaking records here. So let's talk about guitar solos. Well, on our Kirk Hammett episode, we did our top five Kirk Hammett guitar solos. Yes. And I've, I've got a few repeat offenders in here because they're, they're that good. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, now, how do we want to do this? You want to you go first and do 10 to 1? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how we've done the, the uh, top 10 episodes in the past. Um, rather than going back and forth, I think it could a little, get, get a little jumbly there. But uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and like burn down my top 10, starting 10 down to 1, obviously. All right. And uh, we'll have some discussion in there. Neat. That's All neat. Right. Number 10, uh, which is also the most current solo that I have on here, is The Day That Never Comes. All right.
I think Kirk did a great job on this solo. Excuse me. Um, a good, you know, good mix of thrashy, fast playing and melodic stuff that goes well with the, with the chords changes and things like that. I dig it, man. It's 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 one of my it's easily my, it's my favorite on Death Magnetic, and it was kind of tough to throw that into top ten with uh, all the other great solos that are out there. Yeah, I, I I struggled with a lot of the Death Magnetic tunes. I I was looking at all my, all Nightmare Long. I was looking at that was just your life. I do love the um th- that hammer on thing that he does like on the low E and then he does on the high. That and then him and James do it together. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, pr- it's a, pretty exciting solo stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of cool lead stuff in this song and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was sitting there last night. Um, uh, I went out to a baseball game last night in Pittsburgh and got back and I was listening through songs, just kind of like being reminded of certain parts. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot how good this one is. So I listened to the whole thing down. So threw that in at number 10. All right, I back it. And speaking of struggle, number nine is Struggle Within. Most most top ten lists that have to do with Metallica, the struggle within is going to be in that list if it's Ethan Luck's list. Dude, I love this song. I always have. I think it, it it is, you know, for those that don't love the Black Album, it's one of those songs that to me is is pretty close to what they were doing pre Black Album. Yeah, it's just to see. It is, and man, there's uh, there's some awesome lead stuff in this song. It's it's very aggressive sounding, like right out of the gate. James goes struggle, and then right into the kind of bendy thing at the beginning. Uh, lots of good melodic parts in there. I think you know a well well constructed solo by Kirk by old yeah, the, Kirky. If you guys have heard our Black Album episode, you've heard us just gush about <clears throat> the the lead guitar playing on that record. Oh yeah, it's an, it's incredible. So it's such a good piece of work from Kirk Hammett for sure. All right, man. Number eight. I've got the Unforgiven two. What? Yep. Wow. I didn't think I was going to have anything from Load or Reload on here. I just kind of made that made that decision right when I sat down to to make this list. But man, I listened to it. It's and good. It's really good. Really good. Yeah, I love uh, the way it ends too. Was that a French horn you just did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I went. I, I went with bapa da bapa instead of da 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 um, then he, I mean, he does a good, good job at, at composing the solo. I, I remember when you and I and Paul were driving to Detroit, we were listening to this song yeah. and we were all kind of like mouthing the solo as we were driving. It was, yeah, it's a, it's a good Kirk I, moment, man. I, I, I think that the singability of a solo is actually really important. Yeah, I think so it's, too. It, it says a lot about the melodic sensibility of a solo, the lyrical sensibility and how hooky it is. And I mean, many of the solos on my list feature the ability to be able to sing them. So I'll go yeah. ahead and say that. Well, uh, let's see if you can sing this one. My number seven, Dyer's Eve. Yeah. 
What a great solo. Dude, I mean, thrashy slash melodic Kirk at, at his at his peak, man. He was destroying on this record, especially this song. Yeah, I agree. That's a great solo. It was really hard for me not to not put Blackened. Mm. I love, I mean, obviously Blackened's my favorite Metallica song, and I love the leads on that, but something about Dire's Eve, man, it's just, the last track on the record, like going out with like the biggest bang possible, and Kirk just, I mean, this, this is kind of the reason they call him the Ripper, is like, right. this kind of shit is so good. That's definitely like, if, if some like Metallica hater, which there are those out there. Sure. Um, who would say that Kirk, Kirk, Hammett, Kirk Hammett can't rip or whatever. Kirk Hammett can't play. Dire Z would probably be the, the ace up the sleeve where you'd be like, listen to this motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it, I mean that song in general is, is just is super heavy and brutal and fast. And it, But that lead, man, it's just, it's just like on 11, man. It's just like a fucking yeah. freight train derailing. I love it. I agree. All right, going to number six, uh, getting back into melodic territory a little bit. I've got a... Uh, one of my favorite tracks off the Black Album, My Friend of Misery. And I love this one because the, the, the solo is pretty much like all like a good guitar harmony. Yeah, it is. Very melodic, very cool. It goes from the, the Telecaster B-Bender part into this thing. And it's a cool tone they're using too. It's almost like, like a, they have a you know, fuzz going or something. And I, I think someone has written in and told us that, that, that James wrote that solo. That's not surprising. I mean, he's, he's, he's been known to do a lot of the more ballady solos. Right. I mean, it's cool, man. It definitely, I mean... You know, he's not credited as, uh, you know, obviously being a part of that solo on, on the packaging of the album. But, man, I mean, whether him or Kirk wrote it, it's I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. And, and also just in general, underappreciated gem of a song. Yes, I agree. Yeah, Jason's awesome bass line in the beginning. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, great stuff in there. Uh, but, yeah, great job, James, if you actually did write that part. Good job, Jimmy. Oh, J- oh Jimmy Hit. Uh, here comes, I think, what my uh, my first maybe surprise would be in my in my uh, top ten list. All right, my number five, Master of Puppets, the James solo. So, I mean, now, let me go ahead and preface this by saying that Kirk Hammett absolutely tears it up on this song. No question. He does. It's a good solo. No argument. It's a great solo. It's a classic Metallica solo now because they yeah, play the song so much. I mean, you can you can sing a lot of that part, a lot of those parts. But the James middle section solo of in the ballad part, I think, is so beautiful, well-written. You know, it, 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 it flows with those chords really well because it's, it's an interesting chord change, you know, the timing of it. Wait, are you talking about the do-da-do-da-da-do-da-da-da? Yeah, are you that, talking about the yeah, that, solo part? Yeah, that going into the, into the solo. The, okay, uh, you're, including, you're including both of those. Yeah, yeah I guess you, I mean, that's Kirk and James doing the harmony thing. I'm, I'm mostly talking about the solo that, that, that plays before it goes back into the... Okay, yeah, 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 gotcha. 
it's that James moment, man. When he played it, when, when he played it live, and we were in Detroit, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah, James!" Like, and he always nails it. Well, because he kind of, because he, like, I know we call Kirk the Ripper, but James kind of like rips that shit. He really leans into his solo playing. He does, yeah, definitely. He's got, does. A, he's got a good touch for it. Exactly, and that's why I mean I, I had to put that in there. Like again, I love Kirk's Kirk's work on this song, but. Man, there's just something about that was, and it's also one of the first leads in a Metallica song that I ever learned because it, yep, it was playable. It wasn't like lightning fast. Well, and and I use this word, um, I use this word with affection, but it, it's kind of a dumber solo, which which my my own guitar solos I would say are like that. It's 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 not super flashy. It's real lyrical. It's very meat and potatoes. Yes, yeah, totally. So, in, and in that sense, it is it is easier to learn and play when you're younger. Yeah, and so that's, you know, I mean, pretty much that and the Nothing Else Matters solo were the, the first two I learned, because I was like, okay, that doesn't seem too hard. I can, I can you know, I was probably 13 years old or something. Right. So that's why I had to throw that in there. Uh, was that your number, was that your number five or number four? That's my number five. Okay. So my number four, and this is another one that uh, is beating potatoes to me, but uh, To Live Is To Die. The, mm, also, which one? The, the first which solo, solo, the ballad okay. area, which... which Everyone, it's up for debate because it's not on the record, but on the album, but everyone believes this is James playing the solo. It is. I can hear it. I can hear that it's James. Yeah, yeah. And they don't play the song live, so it's kind of like, who did that part? But uh, I, you know, I, I, there's a yeah. It's it's it, it, well, it's when it, after the so you you have the middle section of the song with like the lo-fi sounding finger picking electric guitar mm-hmm. that has those little swells that Kirk does coming in. And then when it comes in, right. It's so good, man. Yeah, it is good. So melodic. I mean, I almost wonder, is that something James wrote? Was that something maybe he wrote for vocals that he turned into a solo? It's To me, it's that good and that melodic. Yeah, I agree. That that marks our first overlap, by the way. Okay, okay. I'm, which I'm surprised. I'm surprised it took till number four to have our first overlap. Uh, well, I feel like number three is going to overlap for sure. All right. Creeping Death. Okay. We'll find out shortly if there is an overlap there, but um, we will. We will. Creeping Death. Uh, this was for Rod the Lightning. It was tough for me to choose between Creeping Death and the out, outro solo of Fade to Black. Mm. Both very different, very different flavors, different toppings yes. on that on those pieces of pizza. But for sure, uh, Creeping Death. Just again, it's it's that to me. It's that classic Kirk, that thrashy, chaotic 
you know, part of him that comes out into like melody stuff, you know. Oh my gosh, that part is so great. And then it's he takes so it, he, cl- he, he climbs it to the next octave. Yep. Yeah, See, man. It's so great. And those are just like, I, I haven't spent a ton of time, probably not nearly as much as most of our listeners or even you, with other bands of in the Ride the Lightning era that I have with Metallica. But right. to me, it's to me, it's one of the things that really sets them apart or solos like this solo. Yep, exactly. I mean, and it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a Metallica classic at this point. And like, for sure, you know, you know, some guitar players, like when they play solos live for so many years, they start to change them a bunch and it's kind of the same. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk pretty much plays this thing exactly the same as he always has. Yeah. He, well, I mean, you can't really improve on it in my opinion. It's, yeah. it is, it is the right thing. Hey man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, if it ain't broke, it, I tell you what we say around the kitchen table at the dry house. If it's not broke, then don't fix it. And if it broke, man, take it to Paw Paw. If it's broke, take it to me. I'll fix you right up. It, it uh, fix anything, man. Tell it you it, what, it ain't gonna be easy, and uh, sure as hell ain't gonna be cheap. But uh, we'll get you back out there on the road. <laughs> we'll get you back out on the road, son. We always do it. We always do Paw Paw as like a mechanic when we're out on the road. Like, oh, nice. Ah, we'll get you back out on the road. Uh, it's going to be, hell, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Paw Number Paw. Two. <laughs> Number two? Number two, uh, same record, Ride the Lightning. All right, okay, okay, Love okay. Love this solo. Love this solo. Having some, we're having some little serious overlap here. Yeah, I'm sure we. I'm sure we are. Yeah, I'm, I feel like my my top four are uh, going to be overlapping yours. Um, well, because they're kind of undeniable. Like I actually thought, like, man, let's try to make. Like I thought about deep cuts and stuff, but it just wasn't cutting the mustard compared to the classics, man. I mean, I've got a couple deep cuts on here. I mean, with like you know, a struggle with uh, struggle with Thin, Dire's Eve, but my my friend of misery. I know. I know I'm talking about top five though. Yeah, top five. I mean, it's hard to, to li- put in. To live is to die is my only deep cut, right? Uh, but yeah, dude, the ride, the ride, lightning solo is so good. I mean, what a classic song, and I love that they're still playing it live. It's in that rotation uh, in the encore. Yeah, I have yet really yet to see a recent performance of it that Kirk did really well. I, I don't know if it's I don't know what the deal is, especially the the ending thing, the uh, yeah. that, that moves with the chords. He, you know. I get bummed sometimes seeing, seeing yeah, it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. It, it, it is, you know. But hey, you know, again, it's like, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like, when, when, when musicians get older, man, like, when anybody gets old, it doesn't matter if you're a musician or not, like, things slow down. Well, Joints and, hurt. You know, you can't do things like you, you did when you were younger. And that's and just I, a fact of life. Yeah, and I will say, you know, Kirk does, he, you know, he's an active dude on stage, man. He runs around. Yeah, totally. He's, he's very, very... uh He's not often being idle or just standing there. So, you know, and they've got a lot of shit going on in their decks, man. They got pyro and lights and lasers. And so I'm sensitive to all that. Like, he, oh, yeah. these dudes all get a forever pass for me for, for composing some of my favorite songs of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a monster solo. It is a monster solo for sure. Um, man, 
when I sat down to make this list, I already knew what my number one was. Yeah. The Unforgiven. Okay. Yep. That, I mean, hands down, to me, I think that is Kirk's best, most melodic, well-constructed solo. Sure, it's not fast, uh, but I think it's just beautiful, and I think just even how it, it, the inception of it is so cool, and Bob Rock pushing him so hard to get it, to the point where he's making fun of him, like, you missed that Guitar Player of the Year solo, you know? And it's just timeless, man. I mean, this is, it's one of those solos that, like, you again, you could sing it. Well, and I could tell you this for me, and this is just for me, is when I'm thinking about what are the greatest solos, not not only just Metallica, but of all time, Fast doesn't have a goddamn thing to do with it for no. me. Like, so, some of my favorite solos are fast, but it's not because they're fast. Right. You know what I'm saying? If, if I only liked fast solos, I would just listen to more Slayer. Because those are just, all they are are chaotic fast solos. There's, you know, I mean, yes, there's melody in there, but it's mostly well, just like, brrr, you know. And you can hardly really tell what's going on. But I, but when I'm hungry for that sauce, I like it. Of course, but e- yeah. But even like really clean fast players, like whatever, Racer X, that Paul Gilbert, or all those, all those guys, right? Yeah. For for about ten minutes, I'm my jaws on the floor, like legitimately, because I play guitar for a living, and I know what goes the technical prowess that goes into that, and I can't do it, and I'm amazed by it, just like all of us. Yeah. For however, sure. however. 10 minutes of that, and I am fucking bored. <laughs> I am so bored by that after a minute. Yeah, sh- like shreddy guitar like that. Um, now, Paul Gilbert, I think is he's a... He's, freaking, he's unique. He's pretty unique. He's unique. I think he does a lot of cool melodic stuff. Like, But, I mean, I mean, like even like a Steve Vai kind of guy. Like The dude is obviously like an insanely talented guitar player and has like put in the hours, obviously, over the or, years. Yeah. But, again, it's, 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 it gets boring to me after a while. Joe you know? Satriani, yeah, Steve Vai, Eric Johnson, Ingve, all, all that stuff. It's cool hey, man, for about 10 I'll, minutes. I'll get, I'm down for some Cliffs of Dover. Dude, I, I grew up playing Cliffs of Dover. You know, the dude who plays drums for Bob Schneider that I tour with, he drums for Eric because they all live in Austin. Really? And usually at Soundcheck, I'll play that part of Cliffs of Dover, but I play it shit like, you know, I play it like me, like a rock guy. Yeah. And and uh, his name is Wayne Salzman. He's an amazing drummer. He always just shakes his head. Anyway. Anyway, you know who I you know who I you know who I think is a virtuo guitar player that I could watch for two hours play guitar. Who's is that? Fucking Frank Zappa. Sure, sure. Because he's I, just so crazy. And you you probably have to do acid before you went to a show too. <laughs> well, like he's just a very interesting guitar player. I agree. But he, yeah. but he can kind of do all that stuff though. But it's just raw and weird. I thought you were gonna say Dweezil. Well. Dweezil's like a really clean Berkeley kid microcosm of his dad. Yeah, he, he is. Like, Dweezil's real impressive and can even shred more than Frank, but Frank just had this, like, 
magic lightning bolt that to it, me is art, to me is artistically really interesting. Yeah, he, just, I mean, his guitar playing definitely like it took him to another dimension or planet. Yeah, and that's what I'm more interested in. Yeah. And that's actually what I kind of think is accomplished in The Unforgiven is to me it's it's kind of otherworldly good. I think so too. It's I mean it's a timeless solo now. I mean even outside sure. of Metallica. It's not just like, oh that's Metallica's best. No, it's it is, you know, in a in another top whatever list of best solos of all time. This should be in there. Yeah, I agree. Well, there you have it, man. Uh, that's my top 10 list. Uh, let, me, let me recap it for you real quick. Number 10, The Day That Never Comes. Number 9, The Struggle Within. Number 8, Unforgiven 2. Number 7, Dire's Eve. Number 6, My Friend of Misery. Number 5, Master of Puppets, The James Solo. Number 4, To Live Is To Die, The James Solo. Number 3, Creeping Death. Number 2, Ride the Lightning. And number 1, The Unforgiven. That's a good list, man. Thank you, man. I'm pretty happy with it. I back it. You did a good, <laughs> you did a good job making a list of things, dude. <laughs> I made a list of 10 things last <laughs> night at 11 p.m. I think I did great. Give me a fucking man, trophy. You did a really good job. All right. So let's talk about my list now. Let's do I, it. Mine is similar to yours. Back half has got some some interesting nuggets in it. First half is going to not surprise many of you. Okay. Number ten, and you're going to dig this. Uh, I went with Orion, the Cliff Burton solo. Ooh, do you know how close I was to putting that in my list? The way it slides in, because it kind of comes out of a Kirk, real melodic Kirk thing. Yeah, it comes, it comes in, in, in with and that, that up. And that... Totally. And then he kind of rips, like he just immediately starts ripping. And then there's like great... I love the all how effective his bass is. It's like almost like a Pink Floyd thing. And uh, It's super cool. Not a lot of people know that that part of the song is a bass solo by Cliff. I didn't know it for a long time. For most of my yeah. fandom, I didn't know that. And and then and it's really short, um, but it's sweet. It's a short sweet. After he rips for a bit, he does, he does like a layered harmony based thing. That's, I mean, who's doing that crap? Dude, he was he was innovative, man. Very that innovative. was innovative. That was that was pretty fucking cool, man. Oh yeah, very cool. So that's, that's my a, that's my number ten. And I, and solid and it, number ten. And it, I didn't do it for affectation. I didn't do it to be cool. I really did it because it is one of my favorites, and I was happy to see Cliff Burton make this list. I know, man, totally. I, I felt kind of bad for not including him. Now, number nine is going to, I know for a fact, is going to bum some of our listeners out. And I went with Bleeding Me and not the big fast one at the end. I'm talking about the slide solo in the middle Ooh. where he just goes, and then he does this, he just slides up an octave and does it again. Because as a guitar player, I know how hard it is to do that well in a pocket. Every note's clean and strong, and in and tune. It's just, and there's just so and in tune because playing a slide, it's 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 hard to play it in tune it's, sometimes. It's unforgiving, dare we say? Uh, and just I, I can hear how much restraint is in him, and to me that translates into a really powerful solo. Yeah, that's well, that's cool. I mean, I I definitely dig that one. Um, 
you know, I obviously only had one one track from the Load Reload era on there, but I mean, you you dig that you dig that song, man. And I do. I love this. I thought it, and and that's another thing that makes a solo great to me is if it is it is it good for the song? Like, does it make sense in yes, the song? Exactly. That's a lot of times he, what as a musician, what a goal is in recording something or writing something is you're 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 trying to you know be the glue that fits in the cracks. You know, totally. You know, you're trying to like you know. You're, you know, bridging two parts essentially. You know, you're like, okay, we got to get from this section to this section. But we want to lead. You got to write something that's tasteful. That you know, and if it means it's just fast and shreddy, then by all means, do it. Right. But uh, it's just, yeah, yeah it's, Kirk did it's a good what, job on this one. It's what we call serving the song. That's right. Um. So anyway, so that's my number. So it's deep on the list, but it did make the list. Um, that's cool. Number eight, I like you. I have the James portion of "To Live Is to Die." Nice. Now I love the Hammett solo. That I love that first solo he does. But this this James one takes a cake because the setup of that slower bridge thing that you already mentioned—the lo-fi electric guitar—yeah, yeah—it just sets it up. And then you hear it, and I even kind of wrote it's quote unquote. It's kind of dumber, but more melodic. It feels like it has more purpose. And and to your point too, it sounds lyrical. Yeah, exactly. And it does turn into that big guitar mini big thing. Oh yeah, Ex- yeah, real exactly. Epic, real epic way to come out of it. So, Very. I mean, the, that, yeah, that whole section is so epic sounding, and yeah, I can't say enough good things about James's solo on that song. So that was my first Hetfield, uh, first of two Hetfield solos on the cool, list. Cool. Number seven, I have Fuel. A lot of people don't like Fuel. They think the lyrics are stupid, which, uh, yeah, they are stupid. So fucking what? They're cool. They're, they're, yeah, very they're cool. dumb. Like it's, what? A, it's about RC cars, right? <laughs> I don't know. About, I, it's about drones. I, it's, <laughs> I actually don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about a car crash, and he's talking about a, fuels pumping engines. He's talking about gas and shit. I don't know. I don't give shit. I th- it's I mean, cool. James is into hot rods and stuff. I mean, why, you know, it's not surprising he wrote something that had to do with fuel and cars. But they're doing that, and then, but but that when he does that, there's like a lot of cool Mixolydian note choices. It gets say, real do you fast. Say Nickelodeon note choices. It's got a lot of Nickelodeon. Uh, what was that show where they slimed people? You can't do that on television. You can't do that on the one of the weirdest shows of all time. It was so good. Alanis Morissette was on that show, I believe. And we all know what a massive Alanis Morissette fan you are. Uh, I, I don't mind her, dude. I'm a, actually I'm a pretty big Alanis fan. I was writing with a uh, 17 year old artist the other day. Yeah, and she did this kind of voice crack Alanis Morissette thing, and I said, hey. So I stopped the vocal because we were making the work tape. And I said, hey, uh, that Alanis Morissette thing you just did is really cool. Like, lean into that. And she was like, who? Who's Alanis Morissette? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, you don't know who Alanis Morissette is? The 17-year-old girl was like, I really don't. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm my gosh. fucking I'm... old. Yeah, but I, but man, that's that's how young, young you know, people that are young discover new music. Well, I don't think she was like... I don't think she was itching to go get the 
Atlantis. She wasn't asking me many questions. She's like, is about that it. like an old artist? <laughs> like, there's like, the like big, cl- one of the biggest artists in the '90s. Is that like classic rock? So anyway, I like the way the fuel solo ends with that brown, but the brown, but the brown, but the brown. Anyway, I, I, fuel again is a solo you can sing. It's probably yes. my favorite from the load reload era. Although Fixer almost took its spot, almost. Oh, okay, Fixer's good. Number six, <clears throat> like you, I went with Ride the Lightning. Yeah, man. And in, because, in my opinion, Ride the solo to Ride the Lightning, which is their second record, it showcases a lot of what was to come with Kirk. It's a lot of what's I great agree. about the early stuff. It starts with tapping, and then it moves into these slower bluesy bends. It's got a great climb, and then we do the shredding. Then we get some guitar harmony with some sort of punk shredding stuff. There's a lot of and good stuff we, in that solo. And then man. we get that kind of classical pull-off ending. Yep. All right, number five. I went with the intro to Fade to Black. That's a good one, man. That's a because good one. It, it, yes, it's slower, but it's haunting. It's melodic. Uh, and it does kind of have that fast thing that actually is really dope. Yeah, that, that, that was tough when I was when I was really young trying to figure that part out. It's still tough for me. And and I will say in, in the Metallica universe, that intro is fucking iconic. Very iconic. I mean, if you watch, uh, it's, it's, it's very common like in South America for uh in like some parts of europe um where people sing solos and stuff back to the band and this right. is one of them where the crowd will be like oh, 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 oh right you know it's really cool like i think i think even more so than the first intro to sanitarium or one i think i think fade to black is probably the more iconic one yeah yeah, yeah. sanitarium was a tough one I, I was very close to putting that on my list too so um just more lightning love um Number four, I went with Nothing Else Matters, James Hetfield. For very similar reasons that you went with Master Puppets, his tone is good. It's emotive. His note choices—it's—it's blue. It's essentially a blue scale, but his it note is, choices yeah. are, are still interesting. And I love that ending bend. You like my guitar mouth? That stuff. That was that was the combination of a theremin with a talk box. Yeah, inside a, inside a dead man inside a dead man's head. <laughs> Dude, it's a, this is another one of those I think iconic Metallica leads, man. This is especially when you watch the original video. I remember watching it first came out, and I was like, "Whoa, James plays the solo!" And just it's, like see, seeing the passion in his face when he's playing it, like it's just a it's a big a crescendo moment of the song, and it's 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 just a one of those almost perfect solos to me. 
It is funny that you, until you really see or or you're, or, they, or you're told that someone else besides Kirk played it, you don't really notice. But once you know that information, it's so obvious. Yes, exactly. And I will say, when uh, James uh, couldn't play after the the uh, pyro incident, John Marshall played that solo really well. He did. He played it very well. So kudos to him. And kudos to James for just writing a great fucking solo. And you know what? They're never going to not play Nothing Else Matters. So James got a little moment to shine every time they play live. And you know he loves and Master, that. And Master of Puppets. He's got his and lead puppets. every That's night. Right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, just need to start playing To Live Is To Die every night, and then you'll get a third, James. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that either. Number three, I went with Blackened. Yeah. That's, like I said before, man, that was a tough one to keep off yeah. my list. It's Blackened is my second favorite Metallica song, and it's my third favorite Metallica solo. I love the guitar mini that sets it up. Nice little Kirk James moment. And then that Very solo cool. that solo is just a journey. It's a it's a it's a freaking epic journey. Cause similar to Dyer's Eve, and I think we talked about this on the Justice episode about just Kirk's being at a peak of his sort of fast eighties crap. Is that it manages to be melodic while still ripping? Oh yeah, it totally does. And there's some great like tremolo arm bends and pull off and the horsey sound stuff, and it's just a fun solo. It's a ripper. Oh, it's a total ripper. I love I love that solo. I mean, it, and like like you talked about having that James Kirk guitar, guitar harmony part going into the solo is such a great build up to what's to come. And and, and you and it's I like talked- there's, and there's, I was going to say there's two different flavors to it too. You've got the yeah. You've got the first half of the solo, which is the do 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 kind of part, uh, you know. Yeah, all that stuff going through that, and then it's like back into the and then it's like, okay, fuckers, we're gonna go to Mars and back now. Well, and you know what else is really fascinating, and this can be said for many of Metallica's guitar solos. Yeah, and if you hone in on what James is doing under these solos, first of all, he's not just playing the verse riff or the chorus riff; he's playing. S- completely different, like, augmentations of the riffs that are almost as cool as the fucking solos. And, by the way, not easy to play. Hell no. With all downstrokes. And it just, I'm just constantly so impressed with James Hetfield. Like, even when I'm honing in on what Kirk is doing, and obviously what Kirk is doing on things like Blackened is so impressive. Of course. Goodness gracious, the shit James is doing. Like, he's writing a whole different riff just for oh, the yeah. solo that's even better than the main riff and you don't even notice it because you're focusing on the solo. Exactly. And this is like all these little things I can't wait to talk about on when we do a James Hatfield episode. He's like a fucking onion, Ethan. He's like an onion. He's like an onion, man. You just keep peeling back layers. And it just gets sweeter and sweeter. <laughs> just like an onion. And makes you cry. Uh, number two, my favorite Metallica song, Creeping Death. There it is. We almost had full overlap. Because you cannot <coughs> fuck with that solo, that great first climb. No, you can't fuck with it at all. And then, of course, the melody. It's just so perfect. So perfect. And it's it's easily, God, I don't know. I mean, it was tough for me to even put it below Ride the Lightning. I had to go, yeah, 
Oh, you had great. it below. Oh yeah, you well, like, had it below. Lightning's my number two. Creeping Death is number three for me. But yeah, um, but but still, I mean, it's in my top five. I mean, it's 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 iconic Metallica lead guitar yeah. solo. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud to have it on the list. Number one, what was it ever going to not be other than The Unforgiven? Yes, sir. It's got to be The Unforgiven, man. It has to be, man. I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this. They're going to be like, whatever, man. Like, it needs to be a fast solo or it needs no. to, you know. Nope. To me, it's, I mean, sure, it's everyone's flavor sauce here. But, um, I mean, sure, I, it's subjective. But, man, the Unforgiven, I mean, I feel like it's got to be in everyone's top five at the least. I mean, I just think if you if you combine all the elements of, like, all right, what makes a great solo? All right, well, it has to be well-written and well-played. It has to be interesting, melodic. It has to serve the song. It has to be powerful. It has to take you on a journey. That That is the... The Unforgiven should be in the fucking dictionary for what a good solo is. Yeah, it definitely should. If, if, if a solo, like a guitar solo, which has no words... Um, if that is making, unless you're, is, unless you're Peter Frampton, unless you're Peter Frampton, that definitely has words. <laughs> um, but if, if, if a lead like this is making you feel something, making you feel some kind of emotion or affecting you in any way, then that's a really good solo. Yeah, I agree. Well, there's just, I, it doesn't get boring. It doesn't seem, um, it doesn't seem aggrandizing. It doesn't like call attention to itself. Really? It just, it's just a fucking part of that song. Yeah, totally, man. It's not self-serving. It's not a bullshit look at me finger tap or play the guitar with my butt or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> which Kirk just, has done. Which he's done. And guess what? Kirk playing guitar with butt did not make my list. Didn't make my list either. None of his doodles made my list. Because I couldn't give a shit about that. But other, man, than that other than that it's funny. It's funny. It is funny. But yeah, man, that's a solid list, Clint. I back that. Well, let me recap it. Orion, the Cliff Burton section, Bleeding Me, To Live Is To Die, James Hetfield, Fuel, Ride the Lightning, Fade to Black, Intro, Nothing Else Matters, Hetfield, Black and Creeping Death, The Unforgiven. There's nice. our list. There you go. Gosh, and this might be one of our shortest episodes to date. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's okay, man. I mean, top tens are usually pretty, you know, they're not too lengthy, I guess. So here's the deal to all of you listening out there. I'm sure a lot of you listened and were frustrated. Or maybe you listened and you agreed and my list was your exact list. I don't know. And maybe you were in the shower the whole time. Maybe you were in the shower shaving and sobbing. We don't know what you do in there. We know what Brad does in there. But he's just one. He's just he's one just of the we, many yeah. Metal Up Your Podcast listeners. Exactly. So write in Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. Send us your list. I want to see what people say about this. I want, you know, there's some people that are, man. Freedens of Sanity's got to be on the list. Right, yeah, so cool. Put it on your list. Did we have anything from Kill 'Em All? I don't think we did. I was just about I was just about to say that. I I went through Kill 'Em All to be, to be reminded. I was I was very tempted to have that middle section solo of Four Horsemen on there. Yeah, that would have been my pick too. It's Four Horsemen. Yeah, um because and a lot, you know a lot of the stuff, I mean, if you would have put any other song on there or most other songs on there, you're kind of showing some mustaine love because Kirk was just emulating his solos. Yeah, what if what if what if on someone's list the mechanics is on it? Hey man, it's your list. Do whatever you want. It's your but terrible list. But that's cool, man. <laughs> man well, I'm an old school thrash guy, and my number one through ten is just kill them all. Man, load sucks. Load and reload. Ugh. Load and reload suck. 
<laughs> it has to be fast all the time. Dang it. St. Anger's good. <laughs> Man, that shit is brutal. How about the fact that St. Anger just automatically disqualifies its own self from being it on this list? It disqualifies itself. You are correct. <laughs> it does. God bless Kirk sticking up for... Well, I mean, I guess he just stuck up for himself. It wasn't super effective. What would be really cool if, like, you know that scene in the movie where, Kirk, where Kirk's like, we're going to date ourselves to this period if we don't put guitar solos on here. This is ridiculous. How cool would it be if, like, he had won the day and fought for solos and solos were, like, the coolest thing about St. Anger? They could have been, man. I mean, they could have very well been the coolest part of that, that record, but uh, uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, I've been I've been teasing it on some past episodes, and I'll just go ahead and reiterate it here because we're doing our St. Anger episode in September. I've yeah. been listening to it not and not really totally hating all of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I need to start. Di- I've been avoiding it for so long now. I have to. I, have to, I have to start diving into it. But you and I, you and I, historically in our friendship, have been so aligned on Saint Anger that I wonder if you start getting on that, just put your toe in the water and wade into that terrible sea. I wonder if you're going to start feeling a little better about some of it. Time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. <laughs> All right. So send us your list. I actually am curious. I want to see what some people's favorite solos are. I'm sure. Yeah, because sure you got a lot to choose from here. It. It's not like yeah. doing top top ten albums like we did before. This is like solos. There's a lot of them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to, to see uh, what people got on their list. Uh, and I, I think another interesting thing, if you, if maybe everyone can include this, when you send us your list, let us know if you are a musician or not. I'd be mm. curious to kind of uh, compare and contrast that kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't because, know, just a little, just a little, little fun nugget there. Because it's almost more interesting to me to hear from people who are not musicians because. Right that's just some pure shit. Like, I don't know if it's hard to play or easy to play. I don't know all the technical things that go into it. I just know what I like to hear. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's why I value my wife's opinion a lot when it comes to music is because she doesn't know how to make any of it. She just loves it. Yeah, for sure, man. I hear you. All right, so email metalupyourpodcastshowatgmail.com. All the social stuff. You know what to do. All that stuff. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, it helps a lot. We have like over 100. It's been good for us. It gets us on the algorithms. If you look up Metallica on iTunes, our podcast is the first thing that comes up, and that's only because of those reviews. Yeah, so we can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to do that. And now you have to do it out of the kindness of your heart because there's no more picks for you. Yeah. We got, but if you want to buy some crap, we've got koozies, picks, stickers, and now we got those T-shirts. The T-shirts are super limited, so go check them out. If you want to become a part of the Metal Up Your Podcast family and donate to the show, then you can go to Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com backslash Metal Up Your Podcast. There's all you can give one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, all that shit. Go see what's over there if you're interested. And we're doing all sorts of special stuff for that. We've got the EP. We've got. Uh, we're going to start doing these like Facebook Live meetups with our patrons, all that stuff. I'm sending them little messages yep. and video updates every day. So become part of the community. Is there anything else? I think that might be about it, man. Are you, uh, where are you at today? you at home? I am at home today, but I have a bus call tonight, and then I'm going to Mississippi and Knoxville this weekend. Okay, okay. I'm in Pittsburgh, and uh, tomorrow I head to Indianapolis, then we fly to Las Vegas, and I'm getting close to the end, man. I'll be home on uh, August 30th. Yeah, I think we've only done, like, did we only do one episode where we were in the same room in the last, like, two months? Uh, yeah, but we also did the, the road trip to Detroit. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. But we only did, we only did one at, at Metal Up Your Podcast HQ. Well, to all of you who are on the ride with us, thank you so much. We got a lot more yeah. to come. Oh, and September's going to be a big month, guys. 
A lot of cool episodes. Yeah, we're gonna have. We're, I'm gonna have catering. We're gonna eat lots of food in September. We're gonna have lots of food, but unfortunately, none of it's gonna be meat. But mostly vitamins, brother. <laughs> pray your vitamins to keep to sleep. <laughs> I pray my vitamins to sleep to help me sleep. Ah, uh, melatonin. Mm, yeah. Just take a few melatonin, chug a little bit of NyQuil, go right in the night-night. Take a few melatonin, brother, just to, you know, take the edge off and give him some rest. <laughs> All right, we did All it. Right, Peace. Y'all. Adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that. <laughs>